All right, everyone. Today, we we have a special one to get to. A special one. And I start this off with we, because I, I don't do these apart from God. I wouldn't be making podcasts if it wasn't for God. I wouldn't be the person that I am today without God renewing me. So it's a quick little thank God moment. And uh, just true. But today, I'm going to be talking about, we're going to be talking about... Um, how to, how to deal with rejection, how to deal with rejection. I felt this put on me heavily this morning, so I need to go through with it because the more that I idly sit around, the more that stuff's not going to be put out. So I'm feeling it. I'm getting it out. So I want to start off with this. Actually, I'll just start off with what is rejection. I'll just start off simply. What is rejection? It's simply a failure to be accepted, failure of acceptance. You're denied acceptance. So rejection is being denied acceptance into something, but either by someone, some group, some people, uh, even to yourself, you might reject your own ideas by failing to accept one of something you may do or an ideology you may have or something that contradicts yourself or whatever it may be. Rejection is simply the denial of acceptance. It's denial of acceptance. So it's, it's very important because we're always being denied acceptance every single day, whether it be by ourselves, whether we're denying our own acceptance to whether we're denying ourselves greater greater growth in our life by not actually taking action and stepping into greater things or stepping into necessary things by either whatever it may be quitting a substance going out doing something productive with your family getting a job showing up to work whatever it may be we deny ourselves of acceptance even every single day I'd say so even in things that may bring like that may bring good feelings like, oh, I'm, I'm having a piece of cake, like, no, or you, you might reject that cake for yourself. But rejection usually comes in more harsher ways when it's when you're rejected by other people, or you're rejected from progressing in a way in which you really tried to get. But that's the thing, we're not saved by works. This is a great illustration that God provides to us throughout the whole Bible and throughout the entire world. We see this all throughout the world, too, that those who are rejected uh, that we, we, we're not saved by works. No matter how hard we work after something, no matter how much we pray on something even, or no matter how much we, on our own behalf, seek after to get these things, we can't do it on our own. We're not saved by our own work. We're not saved by our own ability, which is why God had to said, send his son Jesus to save us. Because as it says in the old covenant, I believe in Isaiah, there is none, there is, it says God was, ash- God was ashamed that there was none righteous, no one to intercede. There was no man who was actually, which means no person was actually upholding all the commandments and was uh, able to intercede uh, on behalf of the people because there was no one righteous. No one could follow all the commandments and no one can follow all the commandments and no one does follow all the commandments to this day, which is why we need the son of God, Yeshua. We truly need the son of God. That's the only way out. That's the only way. It's not even a way out. It's just a way to life. It's a pathway to life. So you can't be living life and think you're doing great if you don't have the source of life. Same with water. I've went over this in the last one, I think. But you can't get water unless you get to a water source. Same thing as anything. I can't get paper unless I get to a paper source. Different things take processes. So obviously you need to cut down a tree. You need to take it through uh, a paper milling process. But nonetheless, you're not going to get something unless you get to the source of it. So with that, what is the source of rejection? That's the question. What is the source of rejection? There's many. God created all things, right? So in a way, why, why do we have to suffer rejection, God? Why do we have to suffer rejection? 
And, uh, you know, I'm going to turn to, I'm going to turn quickly to Job. I've got quite a few scriptures laid out here today. So be ready for some, for some godly, some godly course here today, people always be ready for some godly course. But here's what I want to say in Job. Just a quick little statement from Job chapter two, verse 10. Uh, he's Job was his, his wife was telling him to curse God and die. And Job responded to her. Uh, you talk like one of the foolish woman talks. And he said, will we indeed accept the good from God, but not accept the adversity? So he's saying, why you're telling me something so foolish. I'm going to curse the God of all. And then here's what he responds with. Will we indeed accept the good from God, but not accept the adversity, which is something we as people love to do. We accept all the grace and glory for God, but then we get pitiful. We get, you know, pathetic. I'd even say we get beaten down easily. Will we indeed accept the good from God, but not accept the adversity? I mean, really, are we going to accept the good, but not accept the adversity? Another great scripture. I don't know where this is at in the Bible, but God brings rain on the just and the unjust. Why? Because God is fully righteous. He's fully, he's fully, he is justice. God is justice. And as it says in Romans too, there is none righteous, not one. So no one on their own behalf is actually righteous. You're made into the righteousness of Christ. You're made into the righteousness of the son of God. But we're not righteous on our own behalf, which is another reason we have to deal, excuse me, another reason we have to deal with rejection. Pardon me again. But will we, literally though, will we indeed accept the good from God, but not accept the adversity? We like to accept all the great things, but when trials and tribulations come, it's like, ooh, you know, it's, it's really difficult. So, and why do we have to accept rejection, actually? Why do we have to accept some, God closes doors. We think we, you want to apply for a program or you go to apply for some sort of job and you don't get it, or you're trying to make the uh, sports team or whatever it may be, you're asking for a raise and you get rejected. God is also playing hand to protect you in things that you don't even know, that I don't even know. Doors are closed for reasons. I know it's kind of been made into a new age thing, like, oh, everything happens for a reason. But no, in genuinity, that's a great truth. Everything does happen for a reason, and there's a source to every action that goes on. And God is the source, the creator of, it only, it, it makes sense. Not only does it logically make sense, but it experimentally makes sense, experientially. You see this happen, you see this happen and um, this goes down in the earth. There's a source to every action. Uh, even science is kind of, science tries to get this, you know, every action has a reaction. Like they're on, they're on track to uncovering some of these mysteries. But again, you can't get to why something is happening if you don't have the source of it. If you don't have the source of it, you're not going to find why it's happening. So it's a quick thing right there. But, will, but for real, let me ask you this question. Will you indeed accept the good from God, but not accept the adversity? And ask me it too. Will I indeed accept the, the good from God, but not the adversity? Because I have trouble, I have trouble accepting adversity. I've been suffering through some adversity lately, most definitely. I'd say we all have in our own ways, and in ways in which we're tempted to go away from God, or tempted to do things our own ways, or whatever it may be. But I'm saying right here, in the name of Jesus, I believe, I truly and wholeheartedly believe that we will, we will finish the fight. We will finish the good fight of faith, and we will go on to be one with God in heaven through the righteousness of his son, Yeshua, the Messiah, the only son of God. So that's the truth. It's, it really is the truth. And if you're not with Jesus at this point, it's not like, it's not like a pitch. You know, I'm not making a pitch to you to get, to get right with Jesus. I'm just stating what I know to be truth. And you can either choose to accept it or you can choose to deny it. But again, 
okay, this is actually a great point. Are you going to give, are you going to reject yourself? Are you essentially going to reject the peace offering unto life? I, I wouldn't recommend it. I mean, I wouldn't recommend it. No, most definitely. I saw the, the sin. Sin, basically, I, I say sin in this sense right now. Separation from God. I saw the separation from life, the separation from God, as I was before I was with Jesus, before I was connected to God through Jesus. My eyes have been opened, praise the Lord. So, will we indeed accept the good from God, but not accept the adversity? Everything's, nothing worth having comes easy. And my mom and I were talking about this yesterday. Like, what type of hard do you want? It's hard to work out. It's hard not to work out. It's hard to eat healthy. It's hard not to eat healthy. It's hard to suck. It's hard to be great. Like it's hard to make $20,000 a year. It's hard to make $50,000 a year. It's hard to be the richest man on earth. It's hard to make 50,000. It's hard to make 300,000 and everywhere in between. It's hard to suffer in poverty and be starving. No matter what you choose and there's different depths of hardship levels of whatever it may be. And some people are, do have tougher areas to deal with than others in different regards, like providing themselves food or clothing and whatnot. But in the end, every life path is hard. It's difficult out here. So don't don't reject yourself. Don't choose rejection is also what I'm trying to get at. Don't choose to reject the peace offering unto life. So yes, rejection is lack of acceptance. And if you refuse to accept the peace offering from God through his son, Jesus, that leads you unto, unto reconciliation with God, that's... That's your choice. God is so merciful that he gives us our own, that he lets us live out our own free will, even to death. Even to death. You can't say he forced you to do it because he's not going to. That's how merciful he is. If you don't want to, you're not going to have to. You're not going to have to. So I hope and pray that the word of God strikes you in such a way that you just turn from your own ways and desire to live in the Lord's ways. And of course, we're going to live in and fail. Human beings fail. That's that's such a nature of us. We're, we live in a state of in and out and purity sometimes and then very much difficulty like god brings rain on the just and the unjust as it says in job um will we indeed accept the good from god but not accept the adversity we have adversity too that's just what it is here on earth you notice everyone struggles it's hard to do anything it's hard to eat food it's hard not to eat food (laughs) it's hard to sit down it's hard to stand up so when it really boils down to it which hardship are you going to choose are you going to choose the hardship that can lead you onto life are you going to choose the hardship that just kind of eh, mediocrity or just terrible? I mean, we all have a choice here. So yeah, on to the next scripture though. On to the next scripture. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to numbers. I'm going to actually, you know, we're going to go to Psalms first. We're going to go to Psalms. We're going to go to Psalm 49 verse 20. That's the thing about manually flipping through a Bible. You got to manually, manually get to it. So I, I like doing this, <laughs> but it's a good little, it's a good connection with God too, in a different type of way. Cause everything has a source. Once again, everything has a source, no matter what you're doing, it has some sort of impact, whether you think it does or whether you think it sucks or whatever it may be, there's some sort of impact. So from Psalms forty nine twenty, talking about impact, a man in honor and yet without understanding is like the animals that perish. Who, let me reread that. A man in honor and yet without understanding is like the animals that perish. So what does this mean? No matter your honor, no matter your glory, if you don't under, if you don't have true understanding, you're just like you're just like a beastly animal that just perishes without understanding what's going on. You know, you're just kind of going with the flow of things. You're just you're just feeding. You need to feed your you feed your flesh. You're feeding your flesh, 
and you don't understand what's going on. So a man in honor and yet without understanding is like the animals that perish. And where do we get understanding? I went over this in Proverbs quite a lot. And with that, I'm actually going to take it back over to Proverbs. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 3, verse 19 through 20, which I hammered this one home. I actually hammered this home in uh, previous, in those Proverbs podcasts I made. But I hope a quick little aversion to check in. I hope everyone on here is doing good. I mainly know everyone in person who listens to these. And I just want to say I appreciate that. I'm able to speak this out to you in a different type of way. It's a different mode of communication that's a way of blessing each other in different types of ways. So I just hope everyone's doing all right. And if you're doing all right, if you're not doing all right, reach out to me if you desire to. And because uh, I'm here to I'm here to be a light to the world. So, yes, I like this shirt I saw. The world is in my home. Or it said heaven is my home. I'm just here recruiting. So. I'm recruiting a little bit out here, but I love and appreciate you guys. But back to the next scripture. <laughs> what is rejection? What is Where does understanding come by, right? Because um, a man in honor and yet without understanding is like the animals that perish. You don't understand. You don't understand where understanding comes from. And if you don't know the source of something, you're not going to... If you don't have the source of something, you can't have the components of it. And a great thing I like to use also within this, that Creflo Dollar, a great preacher... Uh, once said, he said, when you don't know the purpose for a thing, abuse is inevitable. So when you don't know the purpose for something, abuse is inevitable. I'll use a quick little aversion to talk about a sick, a gross purpose, but nonetheless a purpose. So I'm just going to go into smoking. Like we'll talk about cigarettes quick. What is the purpose of cigarettes? Like what is the purpose of that? It's for someone to get, the company's purpose is to get you to be a buyer of their product, right? That's what any company is. They want you to be a buyer of their product. And how do they do that with cigarettes? They put chemicals in there that actually addict. They get you wanting that fix. They get you addicted. With your, your brain gets addicted. Your body gets addicted. So you get addicted. What is the purpose of cigarettes? It's literally dependency. The purpose of cigarettes is to have you be addictively dependent upon their substance. And so they can profit off you. It's, it's exploitation. It's exploitation. That's the purpose of cigarettes is to exploit someone into just over and over again, just paying for their product. That's what the purpose of the cigarettes is. That's not a joke. So let's talk about something else. What's the purpose of water? You know, what's the purpose of water? The purpose of water is to provide a life source to the human body. It's to provide a life source for the human body. So you need to get to a water stream in order to get the components of water or a river or a lake. So anyways, on from that. So as we know, as I've hammered this home, Proverbs chapter three, verse 19, the Lord, why do we need understanding? And where do we, understanding comes from life. Why? Because all the stuff we live in here today was created through a source. This isn't just a happenstance type of place. You see that this is even proven through scientific logic. This is proven through through the Bible. This is proven through, I'd say, most people's conceptual, most people's beliefs as to why the world is the way it is. Things don't just happen and just in just an unexplained array of order. We don't understand mostly of why it happens, but there is understanding we can get. So let's get to the source. The Lord by wisdom has founded the earth. By understanding, he has established the heavens. By his knowledge, the depths are broken up and the clouds drop down dew. So the Lord by wisdom has founded the earth. And by understanding, he has established the heavens. So if you don't have understanding, you aren't lined up with the source of life. Because by understanding, God actually established 
his, his residency. He actually established his house. The heavens are the Lord's home. And he established that through understanding. And what a great opportunity. We have an ability. We have not even an ability. We have like, we have, uh, he's given us a God-given aspect of who people are. This is a, an intrinsic component of who people are. We can reach understanding, praise God. So that really is amazing. We need understanding. And if we have understanding, we can also thereby avoid a lot of unnecessary rejection too. But not to say rejection isn't going to come. That's the thing. We're always going to be experiencing things. Back to Job. Do we indeed accept the good days from God, but not accept the days of adversity? So days of adversity will come. It's not an if, it's a when. For you, for me, different moments, experiences, we all will suffer rejection, but how do we deal with it too? That's the next thing. How do we deal with it? Uh, let me go to Acts 10. I'm going to go to Acts 10. Like I said, I got a lot of scriptures out here today, but I thank God for giving me, bringing to me in thought, in thoughts to, uh, in thought form <laughs> to go to a lot of these because thoughts are so complex too. As I flip through the Bible, I'm just talking on something quick. I mean, thoughts don't, even in psychology, there's no direct uh, scientific finding as to where thoughts come from. There is a source of thoughts, though. Even in, even in meditation studies, you realize that thoughts are coming to you. You realize that thoughts are coming to you. You're not generally the source of your own thoughts. God is the life source of all thoughts, and Satan tries to corrupt that, and he brings in perverted thoughts. Why? Because he's the, the deceiver of the, bread, the brethren, and he's the counterfeit. And the reason he counterfeits is because he knows that God's way is the best way. Why? Because he literally was a cherubim. He was a, an elite level of angel within heaven who literally worshiped God, but he wanted that worship for himself. So now he perverts things. Anything against the source of life is essentially for Satan. And yeah, if you're for Satan, you're not with God, simply. And if you don't accept the peace offering that God has sent, you're not with him. That's why you need the Son of God. That's, that's why you need the Son of God. What a quick little aversion to touch on that. <laughs> but chapter 10, again, I'm going to use Peter's story about, uh, about when, this is an Acts. So Acts t- chapter 10, when the Lord's giving Peter a vision. So, so it says, but Peter, he fell into a trance and saw heaven opened a vessel like a great sheet tied at the four corners descending to him and let down to the earth. So he's seeing a vision, God showing him something from heaven that he wants him, that he needs him to see. So here's what's in it. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth and wild beasts and reptiles and birds of the air. Why is this important? This is important because Jewish people cannot eat unclean animals, especially in this time. This was a, a commandment of the law. They don't eat unclean animals. They don't eat beasts of the field. They don't eat animals that they don't eat animals that are not deemed clean according to the law's commandments. But again, Jesus has uh, has come to the earth, so things are changing, and God's showing Peter. Then a voice came to Peter during the vision, and it said, "Rise, Peter, kill and eat." So God's telling him, "Kill and eat, Peter. Eat one of these animals I'm giving to you." So Peter rejects it. Here's what he said: Peter said, "Not at all, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean." So he's never eaten anything unclean or anything that is common, which is outside of the law. So anyway, the voice spoke to him a second time. And then it says, what God has cleansed, do not call common. So what God has cleansed, do not call common. And and this is another way of telling us, I believe, tell me what you think on this. 
I believe God is telling us, do not say something against one of my promises. What I have promised to you and what I have shown you, don't say that isn't so. There's so many examples of this in the Bible. A great scripture from uh, John eight thirty one through 36. I'm going to have to write, that happened three times to, to Peter. So God really had to get his point across. We as human beings, we usually don't like the easy way. We take it the, the brunt way. We usually take it the brunt way that is difficult to handle. But that's how obstinate we are. But God works with us. He works with us anyway. But this is so crucial. This is so crucial because in John, this is kind of like God telling Peter, don't go against what I've said to be true. I'm the creator of all life. You didn't create this. What I say is clean. Don't call that common. That's exactly what he's saying. He's saying, don't go against what I have said is true. So John 8, 31 through 36. I'm going to start off. This is talking about, this is Jesus talking about what the truth is and what it does. So then Yeshua, Jesus, said to those Jews who believed in him, if you remain in my word, then you are truly my disciples. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. It sets you free from bondage of the world. And why does it do that? Because there's an adversary. There's, a, there's, there's the devil. There is a leader of demons that is out there trying to, trying to stop people from being free. But if you know the truth, the truth shall set you free. And what is the truth? The truth comes by receiving understanding through the Son of God. That's the only way. But we get it's free to us, though. That's, that's exciting. Then they kind of go back and forth with them. They, they say, why do you say you shall be set free? Then Yeshua answered them, and he said, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave to, of sin. Now a slave does not remain in the house forever, but a son remains forever. Why did he say that? He's telling them what the reality is, is if you ch- commit sin. If you commit something against, the, against God, you're not with God, which means you're with the sin, which is pretty obvious, right? If I, if I eat a Cheeto, I'm obviously, this is a terrible example, but if I eat a Cheeto, I'm obviously not eating an onion, you know? And same thing as this. If you're eating out of the house of sin, you're eating in sin. You're not eating out of the house of God. So then he goes on to say such a, one of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible. Therefore, if the son sets you free, you shall be free indeed. Free indeed. And I got a shout out to my grandma. She wrote in my Bible that when I was saved at their house, she wrote in there, who the Jesus sets free is free indeed. Forever free. She Forever free. Wow. Thank you, grandma, for one. Thank you, Lord, for one, actually. But thank you, grandma, for following through with what the Lord said. <laughs> I love my grandma. I love my grandparents. I uh, love my family. Let's be, let's be honest here. This is I'm rejoicing in the fact that I am set free forever. Therefore, I, I, don't under, I don't think most people that heard this understood the gravity of this. Therefore, if the Son sets you free, you shall be free indeed. Free indeed. Free from all bondage of sin. You're free from all anxiety. You're free from anything that makes you feel bad. You're free from all despair. And that's not to say you won't have difficulties. Why? Because here on earth, we always have to exercise our ability to live in the truth. We always have a choice. God's, God gives us free will and there's always choices to be done. And of course, there's an adversary, the devil, trying to uproot our choices, trying to uproot good in our life, I mean. But we don't have to live in that. So therefore, if the sun sets you free, you shall be free indeed, thank God. You're free indeed. You're forever free. There's, there's no turning back. One, if you truly believe in Jesus and profess him with your mouth that he is the son of God, that he rose on the third day, that he is who he says he is, that he was born of a virgin, that you believe Jesus is who he said he is and that he died for your sins and rose again, and you truly believe that and say that with your mouth, you're saved. You are set free by the Son of God in the Spirit. Because we as humans, we don't just operate 
we don't operate just as we're not born of this world. That's obvious. We aren't just born out of the ground. We're born from other people and it has to go back and back and back until one person eventually wasn't just created from, it wasn't just created by the world. The world didn't create the people. God created the world and God created the people. But anyway, if the sun sets you free, you shall be free indeed. This is so just, this is so important to see because Again, tying this back into the Peter story story from Acts chapter 10, Peter's rejecting God. Peter's literally rejecting what God's telling him. Sounds like a human thing to do. I've probably done it five times. I've probably done it numerous. I've done it numerous times today without even being aware of it. And Peter's not doing it either. He's like, no, Lord, no, I'm not, I don't eat unclean things. It's totally just to him. Going back to Proverbs 2, another scripture, man's ways seem right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. The Lord knows the truth. I'm getting excited. So I might need to slow it down because this is so important. So important. Let me take a a breath. (laughs) Uh, Acts chapter 10, though. So Peter denies the Lord's, I mean, it's an offer, but God's showing him the truth. You can see an offer, like someone can show you how to do something, but it is the way it is too, you know? Like if someone shows you the correct way to do an algebra formula, like you can try to do it a different way, but it's not going to give you the desired outcome. And it's not going to give you the answer that the teacher is going to give you the grade for. So... Anyway, so he denies the Lord's, he denies the Lord's truth three times and he finally has to accept it because, and God's basically saying to him, don't, whatever I have done, don't be in disagreement with it. What I have cleansed, don't say that isn't, don't say that isn't clean. What I have made to be good for you, don't say that's not good. And that's exactly what Jesus is getting at here too. Therefore, if the son sets you free, you shall be free indeed. You don't live in the bondage of your own thoughts. You're not tied down by your own ways. You don't live in the limitations by which you live. Like maybe I play basketball in certain areas, but I don't play them in others because of how I feel. Like, no, you don't have to do that. You, there, this is so much more deeper than just any commonplace example. But if the sun sets you free, you shall be free indeed. You're free forever. You're free from any type of negative you're free from any type of demonic bondage ever. Satan tries to create the delusion that you still, in a way, are tied to him and are affected by him. But really, we have a choice. We have a choice all the time. And we choose to let uh, demeaning thoughts in a lot of the time. And we don't have to. Why? Because therefore, if the sun sets you free, you shall be free indeed. God keeps his promises. God keeps his promises. Thank God. So... As, as he said, don't call what I have deemed clean common. That's not common. I'm telling you right now. He's basically saying, look, I'm the creator of all things. I'm telling you right now that this is not common. This is not unclean. So it's not. You don't make up the You don't make the rules here, Peter. All right. That's not how it works. I created you. You didn't create me. Same thing goes for us. So we're free indeed. Any promise that God has made in the Bible, he's fulfilled it. Doesn't matter how our feelings feel. Doesn't matter how our past life experiences have been. What God says is truth. Why? Because he created all things. He's like, listen here, people, you guys didn't create this. So it kind of makes a lot of sense that he has deemed the the systems in which operate around in this world. So don't be going against the creator of all things because you don't have, you won't have the life source and you're only gonna, you're only gonna spiral. So Anyway, let's take this to Numbers. Let me take this to Numbers. I have to shout out my grandmother again for giving me this scripture. From, from Numbers twenty three nineteen. she told me, Jed, God is, and this is the scripture. She said, Jed, God is not a man that he can lie, nor a son of man 
that he that he can repent. She said, I want you to remember that your whole life. Thank God she told me that. Let me read the scripture from start to finish. 23, 19. God is not a man that he could lie. God is not a man that he can lie. Why? Because God created all things. He has no falsehood in him. He, cre- he has no falsehood in him. He's fully holy and he's fully just. He's not a created being. And that's why Satan is able to twist things because he's a created being. And I don't understand why Satan is, why the devil is the way he is or why we have to battle him. Do I, do I support that? No, of course. I hate the fact that I have to battle demons every single day and negative thoughts. It, may, it, may, it starts in the mind. Satan comes to the mind. But I hate the fact I have to battle negative thoughts and battle opposition every day. Of course, that's not easy. But again, God created, do we not accept, do we accept the, the, the good days from God and not accept the days of adversity? As Job said, Job literally is suffering, suffer, suffering with sores, suffering from being nearly paralyzed. His families, his children have, have all died. Like, and this is the noble response he has. Do we indeed accept the good days from God, but not accept the adversity? Let's be a little more like Job in our times of trouble in that instance. But anyway, God is not a man that he can lie, nor a son of man that he can repent. Has he spoken and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? Like God saying, listen here, have I not said this? Will I not do it? Another Peter type of moment. Peter, listen here. I don't know the story from Numbers. I honestly don't. But um, the Lord met Balaam and put a word in his mouth. Rise up Balak. So he's telling Balak, it looks like here. I don't know the story of Numbers. Uh, but God is not a man that he can lie because he's not a created being. God is and was, nor a son of man that he can rep- that he can repent. He can't repent for his ways either because he's not created and he's fully just. Wow, do we understand all of God's ways? No, will we? No, we can't on earth. Why? Because we're uh, we're not fully aligned with him because we've chosen to sin, but we've been forgiven. We've been fully forgiven. And uh, we've been fully forgiven. Why? Because who the Jesus sets free is free indeed. Free indeed. But God's saying, am I not, has he spoken and will he not do it? Have I spoken this and will I not do it? Have you seen me for thousands of years making things to be just as I said they were? All the prophecies of Israel will become its own nation. Israel will defeat will defeat uh, the terrors within a twinkling of an eye. They had the six-day war, I believe, against Egypt. They literally had, oh, they slaughtered them over there and got their own country back. And then God says, or has he spoken and will he not make it good? I said, I was going to make this good. You don't believe me. God's telling Peter, listen, you see this, this is clean. No, Lord. No, I don't, I don't eat that. Don't call what I have deemed clean common. That's what he's telling all of us too. Don't say that I won't do what I said I do. Don't say that I haven't done what I've said I've done. Don't even try to think up some sort of thing that goes against what I said I did. Doesn't matter how much you try to reject it or we try to feel in our own sorrow or shame or defeat or rejection. What God said he has done, he has done and he will do. Why? The scripture says it. God is not a man that he can lie. He's not a man. God cannot lie. He literally cannot lie. Does that make sense to a human being? No, because we encounter lies probably every day probably every day. And if, if not from other people, we encounter them from ourselves for sure. We're some tricky, we're some tricky humans on this earth. We trick ourselves more often than not. We've got our egos and all that. But nor a son of man that he can repent. Why can't he, why, why can God not repent of his ways? Because not, God doesn't have falsehood in him. If God can't lie, he doesn't have falsehood. He's, he's the creator. Do we know the creator's ways? No. 
this is a small scale example and I don't want to compare myself to the creator and I don't want to compare humans to the creator of, of the earth, but I have to show some type of example in this. Uh, say like even my lizards I have, they're not going to understand why, why I feed them when I do or what I do with them when I do. Sometimes I feed them, the leopard geckos need to eat once or twice a month. Sometimes I feed them once a month. Sometimes I feed them twice a month. Sometimes I feed them three times a month. Sometimes I feed them once every five and a half weeks. Like I'm very varied within how I feed them. And why is that? Well, for one, I'm a man, so I can lie. And my ways are not absolute as is the truth of God. But thank God that God is not a man that he can lie. God cannot lie. And that's so much better than any human being you'll ever meet. Because guess what? They've all told a lie. I've told a lie. You've told the lie. And if you don't believe that, you've told a lie to yourself. So in the name of Jesus, who the Jesus sets free, is free indeed. Wow. Let me take this back. I'm going to go back to John. I'm going to go back to John. This might be the last scripture. Thanks for sticking with me. There's some crucial things in this. Rejection. We deal with rejection simply by going to the throne of God. We bring all, casting all, this is a great scripture, casting all your worries and your cares upon him because he cares for you. So he tells you what to do, casting all your worries and your cares upon him. And he even gives us an explanation a lot of times just for our human minds. Because he cares for you. That's why you do it. Because he cares for you. And why else do we do it? Because we can't do it on our own. We can't deal with these things on our own, not in an effective manner. Why? Because who the Jesus sets free is free indeed. We're not free unless we're set free by the source of life. And we can deal with rejection if we bring it to the source of God. And that's the answer. We deal with rejection by bringing it to God every time. And if we don't bring it to God, then we're going to reap the effects and reap the consequences of what it is like to not bring stuff to God when we know we should. Especially when you have the inkling that you know you should do something and you don't. I've done that today. I'm not even kidding. I've done it today. Um, I didn't get up and work out. I made myself some food, which was good, but I had three goals for the morning. Shower, work out, or work out, work out, eat, then shower. And I only hit two of them. I had to eat a good breakfast and I showered, but two out of three. So I got to bring all my stuff to God. And I didn't do something that I knew I should have done. So that right there is going against, I'm just showing you how often like almost failure to meet, failure to meet expectations is in a human life, which is a form of rejection because you're not meeting what you aspired to meet, which is you're not being accepted into something, accepted into your own expectations, if that accounts for anything. (laughs) But that's how you get free from the bondage of rejection. You bring it to God every time and you work on it and you seek through it. You seek the truth because who Jesus has set free is free indeed. Literally, thank God. I'm almost feeling like I shouldn't even read this because I feel like that's a great way to wrap it up. (sighs) I just thank God for everyone listening to this. And if you haven't called upon the name of Jesus, ask him, just ask him. Just, I, 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 I plead of you. If you have any inkling of a desire to know if this is true, ask him if it's true and don't give up. Don't give up in asking if it's true. God's not gonna show it to you in a timeline that's convenient for you. God isn't just the God of convenience. He's the God of truth. And the truth is tough. Why? Because you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And the truth is not easy. Nothing worth having comes easy. So coming by the truth most definitely isn't easy. But that's what I'm going to finish with, actually. the uh, You can be free from the bondage of rejection by bringing it to God. That's another great... That, I think that's within the screen. 
around the same spot in the Bible, but do not worry for tomorrow, for today has enough trouble of its own. Today has enough stuff to deal with on its own. Do you have enough to, to deal with today? Don't be worried about tomorrow. That's different than being aware of stuff you have to do tomorrow, but don't be worried. Don't cause yourself stress. Don't care. Don't pick up some, some stones that you have to carry along on your back mentally that you're just struggling with. Drop them off free of charge at the feet of the Father through Jesus. Because who Jesus sets free is free indeed. (sighs) Thank God. And cast all your worries and your cares upon the Father because he cares for you. Do it because he cares for you. He wants a relationship with you. So I plead and I pray on my behalf and on the behalf of, of 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 the Lord God of Israel that everyone in listening to this and everyone that may listen to this or think about listening to this is pray is saved and brought to reconciliation within God in Yeshua's name. So God bless you guys. Thank you for listening. And remember, drop off your baggage. It's free of charge. It's free of charge. <laughs> and it's it, it you don't have to perform for it. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to logically figure it out. You all your rejection and all your baggage is dropped free of charge at God the Father because who Jesus sets free is free indeed. God bless you guys. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your weekend. I know it's getting nice out here in Wisconsin, so I'm thankful for that. Thank the Lord for our three and a half-ish months of summer. And uh, just remember, cast all your worries and your cares upon God because he cares for you. He cares for you. Seek him out and don't give up, guys. Keep fighting the fight and keep running the race. In Jesus' name, God bless you guys.